0: Welcome to Vales World. It's the team. Yo, 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 what's up? This your boy Lavelle D. Munger, your host for Vales World Podcast. But before we get started, make sure y'all follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Vales World Podcast. If you'd like to shoot us an email because you want us to pop up in your city, or you'd like to be a sponsor for an upcoming episode, feel free to email us at World Podcast at today this day not yesterday we have a special show and why because my dog big mike (laughs) is back and for those that don't know or haven't listened to men still pray episode we was able to chop it up and get that in well we was in dc yeah we
1: were dc that was (laughs) dc we was in dc
0: so now we're in atlanta and today's topic we want to talk about mental health and we put emphasis on men as it segues from men still pray and plus we are men so Mike for those that don't know that was hard headed and didn't listen so many episodes ago <laughs> feel free to let them know who you are what you do and what you get
1: going yeah um so my name is Mike Ferron um simply a man that considers himself a child of God and a black man second um beyond that currently living in Atlanta by way of New York um working for an organization doing a leadership training but we'll see where the world takes me beyond that <laughs> Nah, that worked. not work. <laughs> that don't work. That was that wasn't it. Nah, that was it, man.
0: <laughs>
1: well, you know, All keep right. it
0: simple, keep it straight. Yeah, that that was that was straight and simple. So I met Mike through a pro through the program that's helping the next generation of leaders with leadership training and development. Peer for it. It was so many years ago now. Two thousand eighteen.
1: Yeah, that's when we started. Two thousand eighteen. Damn. Yeah, I met, I met. We met at um when they were doing a workshop at FIU.
0: Yeah. Dad, yeah, they they just him in the fold. Mike ain't like me for
1: real um, when we first met. You, I mean, I wouldn't say I didn't like you. I think I think it was very much you tried to G check me, and I was like, "Who the hell are you?" Yeah, you know I mean, so we had we had to we had to come to a common understanding. Who the hell am I, boy? What the
0: fuck? What <laughs>
1: <laughs> the fucking motherfucking veil? That's who I am. All
0: the time. Who who is you, nigga? Who is you? Right. So for context, uh, we had a. Our cohort, we had a cohort, and we had our set group of people, so as soon as we kind of get adjusted, kind of learn the roles of the people that was already there, they threw two more people in. It was like, oh man, what the fuck? And um, it just took the time to press restart and yeah. get the building again and figuring out what everyone's role is within the group. From there, Mike and I became, honestly, I say the, the, the tightest. This is one individual that reached out to me. When I ain't heard from you in a while. You all right? You good? All right, bet. And then vice versa. True. Very true. True, true, true. And I'll take that. And I try to reach out to others in our cohort as well, but just with Mike, man, it's just like, I'm I'm chatting with my bro. It's, it's comfortable.
1: Yeah, I mean, you pulled up on me in the A. I can't be mad at it. We got a we bill. I thought sure. he had food. That's why I came. Yeah, I thought he had some snacks. I mean, I, mean, I, don't, I don't put my business out in the street like that. Like <laughs> that. It's all right, man. <laughs> all right. <laughs> it's all right. I eat healthy, bro. I eat healthy. My bad, my yeah. bad. That was another common thing, we fake healthy. <laughs>
0: and, and we'll we'll talk about that as well. I think that's one of the things that helped. So later on, we're going to talk about, again, mental health. And one of the, the things that helped me out is being able to run, work out, eating better and things of that nature. Before we get started with that, man, let them know where they can find you at, man.
1: You can follow me on Instagram at Ferone or on Instagram at Men Pray. Yeah, man. That was the title of the episode we was on, so y'all yeah, can't forget that. So today's good read
0: is not mine, of course. Y'all know how we get down when, when folks come into Vail's world. I try to see what they read, man, so we can get some new books together and grow. So what you got going?
1: Yeah, bro. So uh, most recently I read this book called Relational Intelligence by Dr. Darius Daniel. He's actually pretty dope. I mean, he's a pastor, a full-time pastor, but he wrote a book really exploring the idea of uh, what it means to identify and manage relationships in your life, right? So we all know IQ referring to our, our intellect. EQ referring to our emotions, but RQ really captures the balance and implications of the two prior mentioned pieces, right? So what does it look like to identify folks in your life and how to position them in the way that they're supposed to be versus the way you may want them to be or the way that They arbitrarily show up, right? He gives different categories. For myself, kind of like taking my own interpretation and spin on the book, like really identifying like who are your associates and why do you define them as associates? Like who are your friends and why do you define them as friends? I find that a lot of folks call people friends and they don't really have a friendship. Right, so there's 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 a level of intimacy that be, may be lacking that really may make them an associate, but they call them a friend because it's just easier to identify everybody as a friend, right? No Drake, no new friends, but really just exploring what that means, right? And even beyond that. He talks about the idea of mentorship and also being of service to others. Right. So there's some relationships where it, it may be an imbalance where your role is to support that person in their life. And you don't really have an expectation of them showing up for you in the same way. And there are roles that like there may be people like mentors that come into your life that really are there to guide you but you don't really guide them. And those relationships ebb and flow throughout the course of your life. And you know those folks may ebb and flow in and out of your life. But how do you set the proper boundaries to uh, really make sure that you're being fulfilled in your relationships while also not trying to discard folks that may be there for a season or a particular time? I was in uh the church a few hours ago and somebody had said something that was really interesting. They were, they were saying relationships are meant to be uh, equitable but not always equal so similarly if you think about a relationship with a partner or a spouse sometimes it may not be equal you may be pulling the weight you know what I mean like they only may have 50% to give and if they're only giving 100% that 50% and you're still giving 75 you got to really pull that weight because it's not equal but it will be equitable because there will be some days that you're down and some days they may need you so I think the book takes a good stab at that I think the, the concept of relational intelligence yeah, it really does kind of shape for me personally where I'm at in my life uh, and like what does it mean now as people come in to really move forward.
0: All right, perfect, man. Tell everybody the title again.
1: Yeah, Relational Intelligence by Dr. Darius Daniels. Man, that's definitely a, sound like a good book. We both have been through
0: the process of expanding and learning more about EQ. We kind of already knew what IQ was. So I think mm-hmm. RQ is the next level because uh, even in EQ, relationship management is, a, is one of those quadrants. Right. And now it's more tapping into it. And a lot of the things that you stated. Resonate. I wanted to jump in a lot, but it's about you and your book.
1: You gonna, So, you're going to talk about your relationships? No. Just, oh, no. No, no, no. My bad. No, my bad. No, my bad. Man, I thought know, that was what she was... No, my fault, dog.
0: Veil go Veil.
1: Okay, we're not going to talk about that. All the right. Sky. Anyway, um, <laughs> so again, make sure y'all follow us on Facebook,
0: Twitter, Instagram at Veil's World Podcast. And if you all have a good read or you all take the time to read this book, shoot us an email. Vales World Podcast
1: at LDmonger.com.
0: All right, man. Yeah. So let us know what's popping with you, man. What's popping in Mike's world?
1: Yeah, what's going on in the life of Mike? So full transparency. So the reason why I think the book is so important is provided the opportunity to really get me to reflect on in a deeper sense, like what do I want, what do I desire? And some of that has come out of a result of do I want to continue to do life alone? <laughs> oh you gonna laugh Oh dog are you really gonna damn, so I can't talk we ain't gonna all right, you know what I mean it's okay. It's all right. It's all right. I'm. A, I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep it a buck. I'm gonna be transparent. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Love a boy, Mike. Nah, I'll be not I, I. I. You know. I'm just. I'm just saying. You, you asked what's going on my nah, mind, I'm, I'm it sorry.
0: A buck. I'm sorry. It's my fault. I apologize for being rude. Nah, that's
1: nah, all. It's all good. It's all good. You know what I mean, give yeah, it a buck. Give it a stack. Nah, but I really consider what it. What does it look like to add somebody to my life? And more importantly, beyond adding somebody to my life, what do I actually want? And I think the mm. biggest thing, and I, I think about that for myself and other individuals in life, is have we stopped to really consider what do we want? Have we actually really taken the time to think about it, identify it, really see if it makes sense, if it's logical, if it's true, if it's true to our hearts, it's true to our feelings, true to who we are and our character. So for me, the book had really started jarring that along with some other pieces of my life. But we'll talk more about that when we get to the mental health piece.
0: And And it's crazy to add to that. I think a part of that plays with outside of just getting older. With time, you start finding stability and you start finding answers to the things mm-hmm. that made you kind of put a, a hold on building a an empire with a significant other. I know that's a a, a space with me. I'm not sure how that is with you, Dan. I know you a, a while now. So from New York to D.C. to Atlanta, mm-hmm. it's like. My life is a shit show right now. (laughs) So, do I really want to invite somebody into this shit show that I have with the type of work that I'm doing where they understand, not love me because of my caring and my servant leadership, Mm. but still loving me because of the time that I have to live within my purpose of serving others? Right. Which a lot of people that come in, oh, yeah, that's cool. You know, you travel, that's cute. Like bragging on you, talking about you. Then they want to get upset when you tired (laughs) at 11 o'clock at night because because you did a workshop all day and you just got out of a, a debrief and you have nothing else to, to give because you have to wake up the next day at 6 o'clock in the morning and make sure that 60 to 100 teenagers- right? Are on the right path, and, and you physically being there, mentally being there, spiritually being there to get them to that next path. So I think a lot of that plays a, a huge part with just relationships, like not the age factor of us getting old, but the time that we are mm. investing into answering the things that
1: made us like get a little step back. Yeah. No, no, bro, I, I agree, and I think you said something really interesting. That the word investment is really heavy on my on my life right now. I mean, I think when I think about the idea of investment and investing in someone or something, I'm really now, like, okay, what is going to be my legacy behind that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what is going to be the legacy of our relationship? What is going to be the legacy of the work that I'm doing, right? Like, what is ultimately what is what is what is legacy and why is it important, right? And I think that, that kind of leads me to the second piece, is is really around just transitions in life. So, like, you know, like you already know, like, I came to Atlanta late late July, coming from New York, and still like in this whirlwind <laughs> of trying to figure out, All right, like, I'm here in this city. What does it mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yo, Lord, give me a sign of like what I'm supposed. To do, how do I settle myself? And like, you know, seven, eight months down the line, while I still don't have all the answers, I think there's a greater sense of clarity. And I think, you know, a lot of folks are constantly in transition. Whether do you, think it be, or do you know, I know, all right. I know, but I still, I, still, still can't say think because I'm processing as we speak. And okay. So I think, <laughs> you know what I mean? Try. You see, this, this is, this is how, this is how the, this is how our friendship started. <laughs> Dog was trying to G-check me and I'm like, yo, whoa, 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 slow down, pay slow down. We we here. Anyway. Nah, but, but you know, I think transition is is a, is a big piece, right? And I think most most Currently, I'm thinking about what does it look like to possibly transition careers. Mm. You know, do I do I want to stay in like the education nonprofit sector, or do I want to go uh, and do more like social impact work? Do I want to right do consulting? What do I, what what is it that what is that next step? And really, where am I creating the most impact? So I you know I've been meditating on that, praying on that, kind of fast, and like, yeah, what is that next step going to be? Think that the truth behind it all is for me personally at least, just really trusting God on like, all right, Lord, I'm gonna create a plan, and I'm trust that you see me through it, and I believe duality for me right now is faith and hustle and I think that is the key piece that's that's really driving me.
0: And to add to that, a huge important piece that was just mentioned is transition. We at a point, we have the knowledge, we have the skill set, we we know how to survive. I believe that we are in this space now figuring out who are we comfortable enough to transition with in our life. That's mm, mentorship. That's smooth. I like that. That's a partner, that's friendships, that's like everything like who are we willing to transition with? And and one thing I can say, it, was, it wasn't it was intentional, it was subconsciously. Um, happened that way is that I was comfortable transitioning with you. Anytime I got something that's going on with my life, I'm calling you, telling you, I'm running it by mic. If I'm moving somewhere, I'm, oh man, what's up? Oh, this is what's going on, da-da-da-da-da. If I have a, a business venture that I'm tapping yeah. into or whatever that idea may be, I call the people that I'm comfortable with and I trust with my transitions because right. they'll let me know exactly how it is and even if they disagree with it, still being there to support me and a lot of times it gets uncomfortable if I have something that I know this individual may not support which in the back of my mind, because I'm considering that person's lifestyle, considering that person's feelings, considering everything about this person, am I being 100% of who I am? Am I being within my purpose when I have these relationships in my life? And So when you said transition, that that popped out like dad, now I need to find people that I'm willing to transition with <laughs> and be more intentional yeah, with it yeah. so that I can continue to, to harvest these relationships and take them with me and not leave in my St. Louis relationships in St. Louis, my FAU relationships at FAU, my RTW relationships at RTW, how do I become more vulnerable mm-hmm. and express these transitions and allow them to transition with me? Yeah.
1: And I, I think a piece of that vulnerability ties ties into it, at least for myself is capacity. Ooh, yeah. Right? Like what do we have capacity for? You know, and I used to I used to be the D girl that was like, yo, look, I'm picking up everything, I'm riding with everything, and I'm putting everything on my shoulders. And more and more I'm like, you don't have to do that. You're not even I'm not even called as a person. To do that, right? Like I'm not Superman. Take the cape off, right? And I I, I look at the world that we're in right now, like between the wars, between COVID, between masks, no masks. You know, it's just like so many things that we can take on. It's like, what is our responsibility and what isn't?
0: Damn, man, Mike, really out here talking, man. Mike, really out here giving that knowledge, man. This is exactly why when I'm in Atlanta, when I'm in DC, if Mike is in Atlanta, if Mike is in DC, we gotta sit down and chat. and and bless the world with our conversations, right? It'd be selfish for me to keep our conversations with us, and now allowing even some of our peers and our colleagues able to see what our conversations look like throughout the year. Because we have random conversations like this throughout the year, and I don't have the capacity to talk to Mike every day, every week, every month, but when I do, I know that it's a fulfilling conversation that's going to happen, and something that's going to motivate and inspire me, and I hope it's the same way after you get done talking to me and all my
1: craziness. (laughs) You know, I I would say this much. I feel like you know there are folks in our lives that are high capacity people, right? We tend to have a lot going on, but when we touch base, like we touch base, and we really connect. And there's some people you talk to every day, and sometimes y'all would just be like bullshit in, in you conversation, right? Which and both are needed. Don't get me uh-huh. wrong. But I think for our relationships, or particularly the, the brothers in my life that are like foundational to like how I show up, we may not even talk every day, or, or talk for some months. But when we talk, we have real heartfelt conversations, um, and I think that's that's something safe to to really sit with sure. and I, you know you, you you one of those guys yeah. I ain't going to gas you up dog but you one of those It's, to, it's too
0: late up, man and it go with respect to people time and capacity so when True. I say what you doing and I ain't talked to you in a month we not we know we not going to allow each other to show up and be like oh good right <laughs> fuck is good like what's what making it good oh man you know this happened okay we'll talk more about that like we are (laughs) not finna let nobody skate across on some good or bad okay what the fuck making it bad or if you don't feel comfortable talking about what's making it bad what are some things that you think can happen that can make it better and how can I support you right that's just the conversation relationships that we have yeah so if y'all loving the conversation y'all want us to keep this going make sure y'all follow us on Facebook Twitter and Instagram at Vails World Podcast like to shoot an email hit us up at Podcast podcast at ldmonger.com. Now, earlier in the show, we told y'all we we're gonna talk about mental health. This is a guy that I'm comfortable with talking about mental health, relationship, money, life changing transitions that I may have going on. So it was only right for us to have this conversation. And when I think about mental health, in the past, it was don't talk about it. And, and now it's like. It's the cool thing to talk about, but like is it really the cool thing to talk about? And that's one of the most annoying things now. Like are, are people using mental health in vain? We got the mm. Ben Simmons thing that's mm-hmm. going on. We know you wanted to be traded. Now you're throwing out mental health and it it kind of throw a jab at the people that's really going through mental health right. issues in life. So like with with mental I know when I when I think about mental health, I'm thinking more of how do I mentally show up for myself and others
1: and how does those things affect my decision. You know, man, honestly, I think for me the conversation starts with delineating mental health versus mental wellness. Mm. And while the two aren't mutually exclusive, it it is important to sometimes take a step back and really identify what we're talking about. In some cases we really are talking about mental health Mm. with diagnosis. Like sometimes there's medication involved in that actual psychologist, therapists, you know, psychiatric folks involved in that mental health piece. Yes, But what I find our generation talking about a lot is mental wealth. Yeah. Agree. Right. The 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 balance between to your point, how do I show up on a daily basis? What happens in my highs and lows. I think perspective is important for that because while there are pieces that are like I said mental health focused, we aren't experts in that arena. Exactly. Right. So I, I would I would even encourage us to to focus on that that mental wellness piece because that is that is where i feel like we make our most ground because i think though that ties to our day-to-day actions that aren't necessarily tied to a diagnosis from from doctors or other professionals that would put us in a particular category of support and need. and that's better because
0: when people typically go into like mental health talk mm-hmm. they're talking to people that not professionals <laughs> right right, right, right. Uh, in, in most cases so i like the way you explain that and because it became a hot topic and no one really talks about mental wellness because that's not going to get you a lot of likes. That's not going to mm-hmm. get get you your way. A B said it best. Like I'm, I have mental wealth, right. In a sense, like I know exactly what I'm doing when I do it. And every time I do something that y'all don't agree with, y'all want to throw a jab at my mm-hmm. mental health. Like I got mental health issues, but that had nothing to do with that decision that I just made. Right. I knew exactly what I was doing. I knew the consequences of that, and I accepted that as a, as a man. So when when I'm thinking of mental wellness now, it's just like. I health and wellness. Like, what are we doing to exercise that part of our lives, that muscle, in order to, to get better, build endurance, build strength,
1: build a broader perspective than what we have? Hmm. You know, I'm going I'm to keep it a buck with you. So you, you were talking about building that broader perspective. And I think a part of that broader perspective and something I'm realizing, particularly at this point in my life, is I need to be more vulnerable about where I'm at. I'm very transparent. So like, <laughs> yo, I'll tell you, man, look, I just got into this fight, but I won't tell you I got into this fight because my feelings were hurt. Because if I tell you my feelings are hurt, now that gives you opportunity to see me naked, to see me weak, to see me in pain. Does that, you know, does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. And I, yeah, so I think I think I think that's like a, a vital first step is just like really seeing like, hey, for me personally, and hopefully for anybody else listening, that there's a there's a key difference between transparency and vulnerability. Mm. And for men, we really got to take a step to get into the vulnerability. Vulnerable, those vulnerable spaces. But I also believe those vulnerable spaces need to be safe spaces. And I say that because when we did the uh, men still pray episode, it was like, but what, what? Back in June, July, maybe? Yeah, it was a while ago. It was a while ago, right? But during that time, dog, my life emotionally was shit. I was super like, and and, and if, when I when I went back and listened to the episode uh, a few weeks after it was released, I was like, damn, bro, you you really were not okay. And I and I I didn't I didn't have the capacity or the willingness to say I was not okay, and I just kind of suffered it silence. And I think that is something that we as men do a lot, suffer in silence. And we make it look good sometimes, right? Yeah. We make it look good by showing up to the gym, running seven miles. <laughs> <laughs> I mean? We do it like going to work, being high performing, but we come home, we're exhausted. We're irritable. We're always on edge and ready to kind of kind of explode, right? Like if you have a wife or a partner, like you all may not be connecting the way that you need to emotionally or physically. And to tap into that, that's a part of the transition. That's a part of the shit that we go through. Mm-hmm. And which we
0: feel like, I don't want to bring somebody else into right. this chaos. And will somebody and being vulnerable enough to be like, okay, this is the chaos that I go through on a day to day basis. I'm letting you know this. I want to say upfront, because it takes some time for you to kind of yeah, feel somebody that, out, yeah. build that trust, build that love and respect. This is what I go through on a day to day basis, this is, what it, this is what it looks like. And I need somebody to hold me accountable, because I say I want to mm. invest in my mental wellness. Yeah, yeah. And if I say I'm going to invest in it, I'm going to need some support, because I can find myself channeling and going going straight to work, going straight to the gym, going right. straight to running. So what are you going to bring to the table that's going to help me hold myself accountable to make sure that I'm living in my purpose? And a lot of people don't get that. And that's one thing that
1: kind of like, everything coming together, man. It does. You know what? Something you said that that really triggered a thought in terms of that like idea of everything coming together, I think everything comes together as you allow for yourself to have accountability. And accountability looks different, means different for different folks. I think for me, accountability start, first starts with like my relationship with God and not all, on some Super spiritual. I'm about to levitate. I'm holier than thou, right? But like my relationship with Jesus is pretty simple. Like I believe he saved my life, and as a result of that, like I want to honor the relationship that he's seeking to build between him and I. And because of that, though, he also calls me to rely on people to foster and learn more about him and deepen that relationship. But the issue is, I could do that with him, but doing it with others is a lot harder. I can go with him and be like, "Yo, I'm tight. I'm hot, dog. I'm about to cry. Like, Lord, help me." But when I when I step in front of other people, believers or not, it's it's really it's really a situation where I'm like, damn, I don't really know if you can handle that player. Or like, look, I know, like, I know you say you love me, but like, are you gonna love the the broken parts, the unhealthier parts of me, the parts where I get frustrated and shut down, right? Because again, going back to that high capacity piece, right, where we're held to a, a different standard. The people in our lives look to us in ways that require us to somewhat always be on. And I think the the accountability comes in where it's like, hey, I've identified a safe space and everybody has to define what's safety for them. Like for me a safe space is somebody that's actively listening right so you're anticipating my needs you're like oh like i'm i'm in this conversation with you and not like you're on my phone texting in the background watch tv like i'm in the midst of the conversation and i think giving that space to allow folks to speak into your life is important but again you really got to identify those people and i think that that circles back even to the book we were talking about
0: and to go deeper into that so we both have lost some women that have been very impactful to our life and it'll be irresponsible for me to allow us to have this conversation about mental wellness and not bring up that impact that yeah. that moment had in our life I know, I know for me when my mom transitioned and it was a couple of weeks after my grandmother which I took it kind of different because I already cried a year before for for her health and things that was going on so when my mom died unexpectedly not having time to Be well, or not Mm. having time to check in because it was you, the oldest, you, the responsible one, you, the head of the family. You got to figure this out. Yeah. And all my siblings looking at me as you gotta figure it out. I I literally left the the repass. Like I was drained, like crying for a week, having to go to St. Louis and be on for a whole week, doing all this stuff, police reports, funeral arrangements, making sure my siblings good, people keep asking, wanna know how to support. I don't know (laughs) what I need to be supported because I'm like I'm trying to bury my mom. Like like that that's what's going on. And if you ever been in a position where you had to bury someone or lost someone, you probably Understand yeah. what that looks like, and or you probably have an idea of what that support may may look like. And what I've learned is just do it. Yeah. Sometimes it may be not talking to the individual for a couple of weeks, letting things you know simmer down, and then following up, mm-hmm. checking in with them and seeing how they may need some support because outside of the emotional impact, if you are carrying the weight financially, that's a huge impact because you're not expecting it. And some of the things that I kind of worked through with improving my mental wellness was being vulnerable, talking to people. I found out so many people in my top five, my top 10 circle go to therapy. And and me being vulnerable enough, I found my therapist because I was speaking with my CPA and my (laughs) CPA said, you should talk to my husband about not only therapy, but also this app idea that I had at the time. So I met with him, and he happened to be my frat brother. And being vulnerable with him, not just transparent, but being vulnerable with him, he directed me to my therapist, which she is so dope. Um, If y'all don't have a a black woman as a therapist, (laughs) definitely tap in and look into one. But she was so dope, and so persistent, so patient with me, because I was still traveling, I was still working. As if I'm, I'm good, you know, because we, right. we, we can play it off as I'm good and she just called me. I think we finally got on the phone, I was in Houston, I was at the Galleria in Houston and I just picked up the phone like, who the hell is this? And finally picked it up and she introduced herself and let me know that, hey, when you ready, I'm here. Mm-hmm. I, I went to her for about six, seven months straight. She arranged some things financially to make it a little more consistent. I was able to unravel a lot. Yeah. So when it comes to mental wellness, truly investing in your mental wellness and not using things that go on in your life. As reasons why you're not
1: going to invest in your mental wellness, bro. You said a lot just now, and I want to want to be concise about how how we unpack this. So I think first things first, man. So I think the the investment. Let me start with the investment, right? Then the investment piece that you were talking about is so important because we invest in it something. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's like when it comes to our mental wellness, we are always investing in something to make us feel good, to make us feel comfort, to to break that um, mental slump that we may be in, right? And sometimes that may be comfort eating. Sometimes folks that may be sex. For so sometimes folks that may be drugs, but sometimes those things may be alcohol, right? And 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 in each in each realm, some of those things, or it may even maybe shopping, like you, you're a shopaholic, right? Or you need the most, the latest luxury thing, or you just need, you know, you need something to make you feel gratified or there's this sense of instant gratification to um, address your long-term pain, right? So it's really like you're, if you were to think about this as a company, you're bleeding, you're hemorrhaging cat, but you're still trying to spend in different spaces or invest money in different spaces that'll give you instant gratification, but it's not really helping you. The bottom line. You're losing money. Exactly. <laughs> right. So I, I say that to say, I, like, I, I feel so passionate about what you shared around your um, just just making that investment because we all should be making that investment. And sometimes you're right. Fi- finances may not allow us to, right? Like, I know, like, my therapist um, as a, as a black man was like, hey, like, I was his first client. And as his prices grew, like, you know, I, I tried to honor that with him. Right. And, 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 and just you will have hope that they're really about the work. They will be considerate and they will be kind. And if not, you at least have friends or other people in your community that you you can tap into to have those conversations with until you may have the funds to actually go to a freshman. And then like continue to take a, a step back, I just want to, I want to be straight with this because you mentioned your CPA and you mentioned the fact that she introduced you to her husband. Um, For women that may listen to the podcast, I just want to be straightforward, black and white about it. There, if you have a man in your life, if you have a man in your life, that, whether your brother, cousin, uncle, father, boyfriend, husband, whomever, that man is carrying more things than you will ever know. And this isn't a, a, a plea or a pride to not hold men accountable for that actions. What I am saying is hold them accountable for their actions, but do know there is always more happening behind their words and their acts. Sometimes it's not your responsibility to figure it out, but if you do choose to make it your responsibility, do know that nine times out of ten, that man is holding on to something and he's just waiting for a safe space to let it go. And if you choose to be that person or choose to help create that space, trust in the fact that as Vel and I sit here, we are two examples of what it looked like for when men are surrounded with safe spaces, how productive they can be in their life today themselves and to others around. And I bring that up only because, you know, you started this this part of the conversation about really addressing the women that we lost, right? So, you know, for me I lost my grandmother uh last year. Well, her, her anniversary year was was uh, January 25th, 2022, right? So it had been a, a year since she had passed and that radically changed. It changed me in ways that some days I'm still figuring out, but more importantly, it changed me in such a way that I realized the people around me no longer saw me the same. And I think that's important to note because this mental wellness is a is a combination of folks that care about us, see us and understand us, but also folks that really are willing to make the effort to understand who we are. And during that during that time and Vel, I'm sure you can attest to this is like when you were going through just having to take every take care of everything and making sure that everything's good someone would could easily look at you and be like. Yo, you're so strong right now. Not knowing that you're in hella pain. Or they could be like, he seems so emotionless. Not knowing that you're putting your emotions to the side to take care of the task and, and honor the responsibility that's on your shoulders right now. And I think for myself, for you, and for other men that I've seen in, in my life, in our lives, is that we take things on. We have a tendency of putting our emotions to the side. And that, that sometimes really deters our mental wellness. But if there are people here listening right now, I just really want to impress on everyone that be conscious and aware of the fact that the strong men in your life, quote unquote, need a space to be weak, and that that space to be weak requires for them to feel safe. And I just I just want to like lay that out so clearly because I feel like if we don't talk about that, then we we kind of miss miss the part on how do we move forward with our mental wellness in a Cause safe
0: way. Because what's happening, you'll find yourself always hiding.
1: You'll find yourself talk about yourself
0: Always shifting and, and and questioning what type of conversations am I'm willing to have. Like mm-hmm. I can be transparent, like you said earlier. Yeah. I can be transparent but I'm really being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we not, because we've seen what happened that first three to four times we, sure. we, we're in a space of being vulnerable and it's used against us. Mm-hmm. And now it has us questioning and everything. And one thing that I was able to, to learn is when you love something, and not just, well, let me take it back. When you're in love with something and you find yourself falling out of love with something, we tend to disconnect and say, okay, it's over. But the hardest thing is to love it more. Mm, yeah, talk about and that, bro. Because the, the feeling of love and the act of love are two different things. If you act on loving something long enough, you mm-hmm. will find the in mm-hmm. love that you that you were missing. Because what happens is when you act in love, when, when you're showing love to an individual, they, become, they eventually feel love. If it's meant, they right. feel love. All right. that's true and then that takes it to the next level where you all can be in love again and a lot of times we don't do that we mm. it's easier to disconnect it's easier to fall back and that's the thing that on the mental wellness piece allow me to be more closer to my siblings be more closer to my nephews be more closer to the people that I love being intentional with my mentorship, allowing them and speaking with them. People see me now and I tell them my mom died two years ago, my grandmother died two years ago and they not even knowing that I I probably lost 50 something more people and and I probably been the 20 something. Plus, funerals when people only went to one funeral, right. two funerals in their entire life. I spoke at my first funeral at 12 years old. So, when people hear, like, I lost my mom two years ago, they're like, wow, I never knew like that. I'm so sorry to hear that. Da, 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 da. It's like, that was just my mom. Like, my aunt died from AIDS so long ago, and having to, to be there and endure that and the emotions that. I had as a 12-year-old a going on and wanted to fight everybody and things of that nature. And the impact that I was you know acting out on because of that emotion mm-hmm. and not having a positive direction to put it, the impact that I had on my mom, my grandmother, my loved one. And it taps into this space now. I'm an adult. I don't rely on my my mother and my grandmother for guidance and resources. And it's the difference between relying and taking advice. Mm, I'm yeah, an adult, so yeah. I take advice. I don't rely. I don't... Mm-hmm. The lights are off. The only person who can solve this is my granny. I don't do that. Yeah. The lights are off. Let me get some advice from my grandmother and see what's happening. Light a candle. And things like that. So now as an adult, being able to, for, for one, reflect. I think that was a huge part that you, you stated earlier. Mm-hmm. You, know, you have to have time to reflect. And When we move moving too much, we're not giving ourselves. Yeah that time to do that. And then from there, the next level is okay, what I'm gonna do about it. You know, for for, for me, I still run. I still, you yeah. know, when my knee get better, I'll still be back in CrossFit, <laughs> still do therapy, yeah. still connect with my dog Mike and other individuals like him. So now it's having an action plan of what I'm gonna do about it and having yeah. people in your life to hold you accountable.
1: Good, you know, I think I'm thinking about like, what are some of like the key factors to true mental wellness for myself? At least, and I feel like Diddy when I say this, but like I really this year I'm really all about love, right? And, and not not in a romantic sense. I'm not saying not in a romantic sense. You know what I mean? You know, whatever the Lord has for me, brother. You know what I mean? Pray for a brother. But <laughs> but on a on a serious note, when I think about love, though, like love is so foundational to my health. And I think, and I, I don't I don't want to speak for you, but I can imagine, right, knowing my story, knowing your story, and, and some of our similarities that. We've we fought in life to gain so much love, to have our to lose folks that we thought we would always have, to be betrayed, then to get up and do it all over again and and people not understand that like I'm not simply doing this because I want to do this or I feel like I have to do this. I'm choosing to do this because I'm honestly operating from love. Like every breath that I give, every conversation that I give, every dollar, every moment, every handshake, every time I'm like just showing up, this is an act of love. And I think for me, I I, I really I really believe that love is the ability to see me at my best when I'm at my work, right? So like if I'm If I'm imploding, I'm angry, like I'm I'm hot, I'm about to like get into a fight. It's seeing that you know what, like Mike, that's not even your real character. Like this is a moment, yeah, right, and you're responsible for your actions, but that's not really you. So I'm gonna talk to you that I know versus the you that you're behaving right. And I think being able to see people like that, being able to see men like that, um, and and allow men to be known, felt, and cared for in that way is super transformative. Um, But but to your point, bro, I think it really requires a us to look at what actionable steps and what behaviors and habits are we tying into our life to make sure we're sustaining our wellness. All right man. We can talk all day. I, I promise <laughs> y'all. I
0: promise y'all. But we ain't gonna do y'all like that. We just gonna have a you know a part two. We, you know, we'll keep extending this conversation whenever life and, and God aligns us and, and make mm-hmm. these opportunities happen. So before we leave man let them know where they can find you. Yeah you can find me on Instagram at
1: whoisferon F E W R O N.
0: And y'all know I'm gonna put all the information in the description. Make it easy. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Vales World Podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on an upcoming episode, if you'd like to make a small monetary investment of 99 cent a month or more, feel free to shoot us an email at Vales World Podcast at ldmonger.com. Peace and love. Peace. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Join me in my journey to success by following on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at veils World Podcast. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns you would like to address, or you just want to sponsor or feature on an upcoming episode, email me at veils World Podcast at LDMonger.com. Vales World can be heard on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, share, Leave a review or a voice message, and more importantly, support. For as little as $0.99 a month, we can take this thing a long way. Love. It's the team.